I believe that this month, and we already discussed it, we're going to be starting the building in Nigeria this very month. And I'm trusting the Lord that by next month, I think he's just the um, um, architect and the uh, metal people, the steel people, and then we're waiting on the loan, but I'm very firm. I believe God. We are going to build. The time has come. Everything is going to fall in place. Why? God has a great work for our church, every individual here. You know, I uh, like to say that I spent most of my life as a Christian, as a member. I enjoy being a member. <laughs> I'm pastor now, but really at heart, I'm a member. I am a member of the Ark Fellowship. And this is the work, the way I see it, God has called all of us to this work. You are not here by accident. God brought you here, young or old. You, you have a purpose, and the earlier you realize that, the better for the work of God. Because everyone has to take his place. Don't keep going back and forth. See, God doesn't like that. A double, being double-minded, pick up your mind. I'm part of this, and I'm going to take my place, regardless, and let God expand His work in your life. That's the purpose. We're going to be building. We're starting uh, this month. We've taken a lot on. We're on television in Nigeria and all of that. And, uh, but God is big enough. Yes, thank you very much for those uh, videos. But God is big enough to take care of all the needs, so I don't have to go to bed anxious. And that's because God is blessing you. I'd like you to open your arms, and your arms, you know. Uh, get ready to receive from the Lord. God wants to bless you, not just for you, but for the kingdom of God. That's the way I see it. If you're going through difficulty, it's just going to be for a while. As God blesses this church, that's an indication that you also are blessed. God is not doing it just for the Ark Fellowship. For the Ark, the Ark Fellowship is not a building. The Ark Fellowship is the Ark Fellowship. The Ark Fellowship is blessed just because you are blessed. Partake of the blessing. Because God wants you to have. So your family is well taken care of. So that his house is well taken care of. This is God's family here. Amen? So take your place. And I want to encourage you uh, from God's word. And uh, we know this scripture very well, Psalm 1. I wonder how you can turn that into encouragement. <laughs> Amen. Father, we just ask for your presence tonight. Holy Spirit of God, we love you. Thank you. You are the Lord of the harvest. The word of God tells us you are the true teacher. Teach us tonight, O oh God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We read uh, Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of discomfort, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, 
that brings forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does or whatever she does shall prosper. Whatever you do as you follow this will prosper. You see, that's the way God works. He is a rewarder. Don't forget that. God is a rewarder, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he rewards you by making you to prosper. That's just the word of God. That's not me. That's what God says. He wants you to prosper when you follow his way. Notice this scripture stands in the same way as the Sermon on the Mount. So what that's telling you is God is giving us a principle to live by. It's a principle. The same way, the, the same word starts this scripture just as we have with the Sermon on the Mount. And so God is giving us a principle to say this is the way godly people live. Godly people live just like this. And if you, as you read the scripture, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of discomfort. Now, if you look at that verse alone, you'll see a progression of sin. Sin gets deeper. And it says for us that the blessed man does not start with the counsel from the ungodly. So the first thing is the first phase. So we've got three phases of sin. Uh, you go deeper. The first phase is that which we regard as the ungodly. Now what that means is God is not a part of this life. They have made up their mind, God is the word of God. God is not going to control how I live my life. I have my own ideas about how I'm going to live. And I have my own principles of how I'm going to live. And that's more important. I will not allow God's word to govern my life. That's the life of the ungodly. Meaning God has no influence on their decisions. What they do, God has no influence. They're living their lives on their own. That's the ungodly. This is where it starts. So the word of God is not considered a guide for the way they live their lives. And what, what, what they think in their mind, I can submit to the word of God in the way they think. If I do that, I'm in bondage. I'm not free. Were you there before? Uh, maybe not you, but before I got saved, I thought if I got saved, I wouldn't have fun anymore. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I enjoyed what I was doing. And if I get my, give my life to Christ, then I can't do this and I can't do that. That's what Christians talk about. You can't do this, you can't do this. It won't be fun anymore. So I'm not going to submit my life to God. I'm just going to do what I please. That's the ungodly. Not willing to let God be a part of your life. That's where it starts. The danger of that is it takes you to the second phase. Because when you have decided God is not going to govern the way I live, God is not going to govern the way I spend my money, 
You understand what I'm saying? God is not going to govern anything that I do. I'm not going to let the word of God govern that. They'll still go to church, some of them, but they won't allow the word of God to, to guide the way they live. When that happens, you are open to sin. You go to the second phase. You become a sinner. Meaning you have cast out all, or cast off all restraint. You're going to live in sin. Which is open rebellion. First, no God. Remember what Jesus said, when an evil spirit is gone out of a man, right? He goes searching for, dry, you know, for a home if he doesn't find, searching on dry ground. He says, I'm going back to the house from which I came. And when he comes back, he takes seven more. Now, the ungodly says, I don't want God, so all of these other things come in. He lives in open rebellion against God. And in First Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, the word of God says, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry. But look at the keyword here. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. See, we go back to the first one. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord also, also has rejected you from being king. So it's the rejection of God's word that puts you in, the, in rebellion. And you can't escape from it. So that's the danger there. When you refuse that God will govern your finances, guess what? You stay in open rebellion, something else is going to happen to your finances. Some other thing takes over. If you read in Romans chapter 1 verse 28, it says, Because they were not willing to retain God in their knowledge, God gave, gave them over to a reprobate mind. So whenever you decide, I don't want God to rule in any area of your life where you don't want God to govern, you've handed it over to the enemy. Otherwise, God says, okay. And then what happens is the enemy comes in. It may look good for a while, but it's going to get bitter after a while. So that's the next phase. Now, what happens after you get into this phase, you get comfortable with that, it doesn't take too long before you go to the third phase, which is the phase of discomfort, as scornful, or mockers in the church. That's a progression here. Now, at, at this stage, it doesn't matter anymore. It, they just make fun of everything, even Christians, pastors, you make fun of them. Nothing godly. The sinning, it doesn't bother them. The sin is not the issue. They even fight the church. Have you seen that in the world? They hate people who talk about, talk against abortion. You know that? They hate it and they mock at us because we believe those things. They've gotten to the stage of being a scornful person. And sometimes this happens in the church, but the godly are not so. Now let's look at what the godly man does or does not do, because he's talking about blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So 
the godly man who is blessed he's not going to walk in the counsel of those who are ungodly now what is happening here when someone is ungodly satan can transform them to a tempter so they are constantly tempting you to do what is wrong so the christian or the godly person refuses to listen to what your ungodly is saying to you to them have you been called narrow-minded? <laughs> they tell you you're so narrow-minded. Sometimes people use the word you are so heavenly-minded, you are no earthly good, you heard that before. They ask questions like, what is wrong with this? Huh? What's wrong? That's the ungodly. They are tempting you to do something is wrong. What is wrong with this? What's wrong with, with smoking marijuana? They give you words like, this is the counsel, the ungodly man does not live by the counsel, I mean the godly man does not live by the counsel of the ungodly. Now you can think of yourself, if you live in right, that, that doesn't apply to me, but I guarantee you, there are those in the church that have been tempted this way, and they're going down. True. As a pastor, I know. That lady likes you, you know, but she's married. The ungodly doesn't see anything wrong with having an affair. They justify it. I've heard Christians tell me, Christians tell me that, you know, God made these things for us to enjoy. Did God not make every herb of the earth for us? Understand? Marijuana is a herb, you know what I mean? We can smoke that. You know? These are some of the things that people bring to us to tempt us. But we don't have to listen to them. Why can't you just do this? Do you have to do this all the time? Why don't you take time off this? I mean, you have to be in church all the time. What is wrong with you all? These are things that they use to tempt us. Now, the word says that a godly person doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, he can be much deeper than this. That's not saying we, are, we can't listen to them. They have expertise in different areas and they will give you good counsel. But the way to live your life, you can never listen to them. Even if they are in the church. I've had Christians argue about all kinds of things and trying to justify things I can justify myself. You understand what I'm saying? Because they have listened to all the counsel. And so they justify those things and they are able to partake of it. In other words, they are listening to the counsel of the ungodly. It says the one who is godly does not stand now listen there's a progression here you can uh, walk you know in the council sometimes but standing with them means you're hanging out with them sinners meaning you are fellowshipping with them when you hang out you're standing with them you're fellowshipping with them in other words what they're doing doesn't irritate you anymore, you are comfortable to be around them. That is a trap. 
when Christians begin to be very comfortable around people who say things that shouldn't be said and it doesn't bother your heart, you watch what's going on in your heart. You are being taken away slowly. You tolerate it and then later it can become a problem. You're not, the Christian is not yet fully a part of what's happening, but you're hanging out with them. I know we don't have people like that here, but when people refuse to be converted, you stay away from them. They are not going to be, you can't convert them. You can't be around them. I heard about somebody who's going to go to a club and be with them, and I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to go there and try to convert them. Before long, they will start telling you, what's wrong with a little, just take one, we'll buy it for you. Okay, we'll buy it for you, it's okay. You mean God will send you to hell just because you took one sip? Absolutely not, right? And you begin to reason, they're enticing you. Not saying you can't go there to witness, but if they're not listening, you gotta, you gotta leave. You can hang out with them. Christians don't hang out with people who are not, who are sinners. You don't hit them, but you don't hang out with them. You don't fellowship with them. God says to come out from among them and be separate. That way you are blessed. You have to stay out from them. If you continue to be with them, it won't be too long before you're sitting with them. Basically, to sit with mockers, you have become part of them, and you're doing exactly what they're doing, and it doesn't bother you anymore. There is a a scripture, I believe, in Romans. We got to look for this. I believe it's in Romans chapter 1. I'm able to find it. But basically what that scripture is saying is these people not only that's Romans chapter 1 verse 32 it says knowing who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them. So you're sitting with them at this point. So there is a progression where if you listen to them, you take counsel with them, and you follow their counsel, it won't be too long because before you start fellowshipping with them, hanging out with them, and if you continue with that, it won't take too long before you approve of what they do and you scorn the people that are doing what is right. When that stage comes, you are regarded as a sinner real, in full rebellion against God and the blessings of God will not come into your life. But that's just introduction to what I wanted to go into the path of the godly. Notice it starts with blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So what gives the godly man counsel? Instead of the counsel of people of the world, the counsel the godly man seeks is the counsel that comes from the law of the Lord. And this is not talking about the law of Moses. This is talking about the word of God. 
Your cancer, the way you're going to live your life is based on the world and the world alone. And from godly people, you never go wrong. So there's the word of God. That must be a delight for the godly man. The word of God is where to go. If there are questions, decisions to be made, where to go is to go to the word of God. So the word of God is what helps you to make the decision that you want to make in life. You live your life by the word of God and you make up your mind that's the way it's going to be regardless. See, this thing is a question. It's making up your mind before you get there. You make that decision, as far as I'm concerned, through life. I'm going to make decisions based on the word of God, whether it's difficult or not. The Bible tells us that Rehoboam did what was evil in the sight of God because he did not prepare his heart to follow God. So you make up your mind. That's the godly. He's not going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. If it's an ungodly counsel, you're not going to listen to that. You will do only what God asks you to do. That's what, what should take place. Let's look at the outcome. If you live your life following just the counsel of the word of God, you're sitting on the word of God, that's where you stand. Whatever you're doing, your faith is only in the word of God, nothing else. In Psalm uh, 1 verse 3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. In other words, if you've made up your mind, I am not going to live my life following the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to fellowship with them. I'm not going to hang around them. I'm hanging around them only to bring them to the Lord. But I'm not going to be a part of what they're doing, not with sinners. I'm not going to be a mocker. Then your delight is in God's word. The word of God says God himself will plant you. You will be a planting of the Lord. Now when God plants you, no one can approach you. The word says, He is going to plant you by rivers of water. Now the word rivers of water there means the grace of God. God will plant you firmly upon His grace. Now it's rivers of water. That's abundance of grace. God's grace will be upon your life when you've made a decision to follow God with all of your heart. God's grace will always be there for you. You are planted by God. God is the one that's going to be taking care of you. And the word of God says that you will bear fruit, no doubt about it. The word of God will bring fruit in your life in his season. Now, this is some of the, one of the difficulties that we have with regards to the Word of God. Everything has a season. Everything will come with its time. Many people stand believing God for something. They don't realize that with God there is always a season. 
If you are following God's word, you are already planted. Nothing bad can come to you, even when it seems bad. bad. Even when you're waiting and it seems long, the season is there, it's going to come. The fruit will be there for you in his season. Because God has planted you in abundance of grace. He says, your leaf also shall not wither. In other words, no matter what's going on, you will still be flourishing in the house of God. You will still be flourishing in what you are doing for the Lord. As long as your heart is fixed on serving the Lord, God, with all of your heart. And the word of God says, whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever you set your hands to do will prosper. Now, we need to realize this. That God watches over his people and he wants to prosper his people in everything that they do. God will never abandon you regardless of what's going on in your life. God is at watch, is keeping watch of everything that you're doing. But you have to have that confidence that whatever God is leading you into, he is going to prosper it. He may take you through a, 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 an area where it seems like nothing is working, probably for a season. And I believe that God does that to prove you, to see what you are going to do if you will give up. Now, he may change direction and tell you, okay, you've been doing this, now I want you to go on this direction. He doesn't tell you specifics as to the, what he's actually leading you to, but he may take you through a wilderness before you get to your promised land. So there's always a season. When the time comes, God is going to prosper you. But your job is to stay put and be planted in God and be focused, never giving up, just knowing I'm going to follow God regardless. Romans 5 verse 17 tells us this, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. See, when you have received the gift of righteousness and you are maintaining that gift of righteousness, you've made up your mind you are going to follow through with God no matter how difficult situations are in your life you will follow through god will make you reign in life i always remind myself of this when god has called you he's called you to glory you have to realize that how far you go depends on you and how much you are willing to believe god for you are godly you are blessed God has surrounded you with favor as a shield because you belong to him, because you are following his ways, because you have made his laws the guide for your life. You're following the principles of God's word. You are not holding back. Once you set yourself to do that, you may go through a wilderness experience, but you will get into the promised land. When God called Abraham, he said, come to the land that I will show you. 
Abraham left not knowing where he was going. Many times we think that God was walking ahead of him, but there was nothing. Abraham just left his family and he kept going. Going everywhere God had promised him to go without seeing God in person and just walking. But one promise that God gave to Abraham, he says, if you do this, I will bless you. I will make your name great. And God remarked of Abraham, he says, I know him. Because I know he is going to bring his children after him to follow me, to follow the way of the Lord. You see, what we're talking about today is the way of the Lord. And the way of the Lord is the way of prosperity. The way of the Lord is the way of shalom, the way of peace. The way of the Lord is the way of glory, if you will follow. I know him, that he will bring his children after him to follow the way of the Lord. If you follow the way of the Lord, you will prosper. Yes, there will be difficult times, but God will prosper you and you should reign in life. I've always believed that I don't know the future, but I stay close to this word. I believe that Regardless of what I have in me that I know, a way of talent or gifts or whatever, that doesn't mean anything. Because God can put that gift in me. All I know, God calls you to glorify you. The glory that the Father has given me, I have given to them. God called Abraham just as he called me, just as he called you. He called you to bless you if you will follow. And if you follow the path of the Lord, the path of the Lord, he will bless you. So what we need to do is to go back to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you meditate in it. Day and night. In other words, that's what guides everything that you're doing. Just this book. The law, which is the word of God. God guarantees prosperity. If you don't follow the way of sinners, you don't hang out with them doing the same thing, you've made up your mind. That's not saying you're never going to ever sin, but you have made up your mind, I'm going to follow God regardless. Even if they don't go, I'm going. If they don't follow, I'm following. And if you've done that with all your heart and you don't still have that confidence that God is going to bless you, bless everything that you do, then you really need to go back to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate in it day and night. In other words, you ponder the word, what God has spoken. That's your delight. The word has a way of making a man. It can make you. I don't have to depend on my talent. God called Abraham to make him great. He made him great, didn't he? We're still talking about Abraham today. Where God can make you great. He gave you the same calling. Abraham became righteous by faith, right? And we are children of Abraham in the New Testament. Sometimes we don't believe the word of God enough to know that God has called us. We don't know how he's going to do it. But you believe God. God will make you great on the earth. Don't settle down for 
little. I'm just going to try this and that's going to be enough. You will only get what you can believe God for. As a righteous person. The Bible is very clear. God loves the righteous. Amen? God loves the righteous. He loves the world. But the righteous, He loves. God blesses the righteous. He surrounds them with favor as a shield. Grace upon your life. Grace is God's ability in your life to do whatever He's called you. That's why the Word of God ended here saying, Whatever He does prospers. Whatever. Whatever, God is the one directing your heart. When you are staying with the word of God, and the word of God is your delight, your desires, you don't have to say, God, is this you? God will put those desires in your heart, and they are like your desires. Amen? They're coming from the Lord. And so you stay with those, and you begin to walk in faith, just like Abraham, he called you. Still you step out. And God will bless you. Now when we talk about blessings, most of the time we're thinking, okay, just financial blessing. That's not all I'm talking about. I'm talking about every area of life. Financial, your health, your marriage, your family, your children, all of it. As you study the word, the word word covers every area. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. You are not going to be blessed. You are already blessed. Because you have chosen to follow God's way. You have chosen not to be a scornful person in the kingdom. Sometimes you have Christians that scorn. I know that. You know, you get to that stage where you've listened to sinners. You follow their counsel. You've hang out with them, and you're now a mocker. There are mockers in the church too. The patient speaks, as for them. I know that because I'm a pastor. They're not going to live by that. That's his opinion. You understand what I'm saying? Even if you're reading it from the word of God, when that comes out from your mouth, or you think it through, and you, especially if you speak it, you just rejected his cancer. You're on your own to follow your cancer. But even if it doesn't line up with the way I'm thinking, the way I told somebody here, once you show me from the word of God, I'm changing my opinion. God has to see that in you, that his word is your cancer. You remember Jesus is the great counselor, the mighty God. He is the word of God. If it's too hard for you to change your mind based on what you read from scripture or what you're hearing, you're going to have a hard time with God and with his blessings on your life. Because it won't be too long before in that area you will become a sconner. And once you scorn, you're not going to be blessed anymore. It's over. Unless God grants you repentance. You know, I got in a stage, stage in my life where I was, I scorned at, you know, the prosperity teachers. 
You understand what I'm saying? They name it grabby stuff, you know. I didn't like it. And I didn't want anything to do with it. Later in life, I realized I wasn't doing them any harm. I was hurting myself. When the scripture became clear, I changed my mind. I don't want that anymore. That's not God's will for my life. I found the scripture where it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When I was dealing with those scriptures, there was a lot of want. I stay with it. My opinions were wrong. I'm not going there anymore. Don't discuss, with, discuss it with anybody. Don't need your opinion. God is not going to confirm your opinion. I stay with the word. And see what God will do with me. I honor the word. God says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Right? How do you honor God? When you honor his word. When you say, no, I'm not going there anymore. You've had this opinion all this time. But now you got a new counsel from God's word. And you change your mind. And you confess it boldly. I am the prospered. Everything I set my hands to do prosper. God, I'm following you. I'm not going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to stand in their path. I'm not going to be a scorner. Give me understanding. And I'll follow your word. And I, you know your word will make me. No, I'm so convinced. If God, if God can hold this whole universe together so that the suns don't collide with one another and the moon does, doesn't suddenly drop on the earth, well, we're all killed. And he's been doing this for so many years. And his word is what's holding them together. Why can't he hold my life together? Amen? Why can't he prosper me? Why can't he make it so that I can do whatever he's put, my, put in my heart to do? If there's a brother that's hurting me in his finances and I really want to give, how come I don't have to give? Does it not hurt? Does it not hurt? It hurts when you want to do something, but you really cannot. Huh? It's very painful. They're building something for God. You want to be a part of it, but you don't have anything. You really, well, God knows you don't, but how did you get there? Maybe you rejected his word. See, he told Saul, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord also has rejected you from being king. Now, what did he make us? Kings and priests. When you reject his word in any area, that word rejects you. And you will no longer be a king. You know the scripture I read in Romans chapter 5, it says God has called us to reign in this life, right? To reign. So I don't set limitations on God. I believe his word. Do I have doubts from time to time? Oh yes, we live on the earth, okay? I have doubts. God, how is this going to work? You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you sure about this? Is what I'm thinking really coming from you? That's my quiet time with him. Okay? And sometimes he'll come in and tell you, don't worry, son, go ahead. I'm going to take care of it. 
Now, even after he's giving you the word, you really want to see it, right? Feel it, right? But there is nothing to feel. There is nothing to touch. You're going only by his counsel. Amen? And trusting in his word. You have need in your home. You're trusting in God's word. You refuse to acknowledge it. You know it's there. Not denying it. But you know what God has said. Amen? The problems with the kids. Yes, you acknowledge. You do all you have to do. You go back to what God has said. You honor God. And God will put your family so that for the rest of your life, when you're old, and you will be old many years, and you're about to leave, you tell your children and those around you, it is the Lord. Okay? And they agree with you because they've seen the finger of God in your life. I really believe God. I've often said it here, and I'm saying this because I'm your brother. You understand what I'm saying is what I'm going through. We're all in this thing together. I got difficulties too, a lot of them. Okay? But I remind myself, as long as there is a God in heaven, I'm okay. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have to read any other scripture. If there is a God, and I know there is God, I'm fine. He's going to take care of me, no matter what's going on. How? I don't know. Don't care. The end of it is death, right? That's not a problem for me to go back to my God, okay? But I'm not still alive. I don't have to worry. Jesus said, don't take any thought, right? Don't. You do what you have to do. Put it in the hands of God. Even if it seems like you're sinking. Just like Jesus, when he died, they thought, it's over. Right? The disciples thought it's over. And they wept and felt really bad. Three days later, the beginning of the change that's come upon the world. And it's still going. That's why you're here tonight. Don't accept defeat. I repeat this scripture again to you. This book of the law, because you are following God. I mean you're following God with all your heart. You're not going to follow. You're going to prosper. God said so. God said so. God said so. God is not a liar. He'll heal your body. Amen. He'll heal your finances. You must prosper. You can't help it. You must prosper according to the word of God. You must prosper. Because you follow God. You made up your mind. I'm going to follow God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I feel sorry for Christians who go back and forth. You know, based on everything that's happening in their life. Sometimes they feel like God is good. They run up and then when trouble comes. God knows he can't trust you. You stay focused with the word. And no matter what's going on, let your confession be the same. Have one confession. Settle down. Because you're a child of God. I said it's a word of encouragement. You are a child of God. You are destined to prosper in life. That's your, des- your destiny. Nobody can take that away with you. Nobody can take anything away from you that God has given to you. 
And he's giving us a lot. Amen? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you must meditate in it day and night. That you may be able to do all that is written in it. The only way to do that is to just think it. You understand what I'm saying? The word energizes your body and prepares you for success. The word has the power to do that. He prepares you for success. He says that you may be able to do everything that's written in it. So when I meditate on the word, and the word is my counsel, and I'm staying with the word, watch out, I'm coming. Amen? Because God is going to make me. He says, then you will make your way prosperous. In other words, when God is through, you already have the ability built inside of you for prosperity. You just need to see it. You will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You know, there is bad success, there is good success. Bad success, you go up and you come back down. We see that happening. You will love one time, the next thing, nobody wants anything to do with you. That's bad success. But when God brings you success, it continues to grow till you die. Amen? Wow. I'm just waiting for what was going to happen to this country when Billy Graham goes to be with the Lord. Huh? It's going to be a lot of people from presidents all the way down just for a man who decided he was going to follow God not born from, in a, from a family that was well known. God made him. Amen? Sometimes we think, well, that's Billy Graham. Well, Billy Graham probably thought... That's them. Who's, I can do that. But he stayed with God's counsel. And God not only blessed him by making his name great. You understand what I'm saying? He had wealth. Some of you don't know. But Billy Graham's son, the son, has his own jet. Did you know that? Yes. He has a jet. But they don't talk about that. It's a private jet. For the blessings that's come upon that family that's gone down to the children. See, God is a faithful God, I guarantee you. If you follow him with all of your heart, he will not disappoint you. It's when you're going back and forth that you you will experience difficulty. Whatever you do will prosper. There There will be setbacks, but don't look to them. Amen? Continue. It's not your talent that's going to get you there. Not your abilities. The word will carry you. This word will carry you. So change your mind today. Change your mind today about your future. Well, it's too late now. I wish I knew this earlier on. That's the way I said to myself. I wish I was called to the ministry when I was still a boy. I would have killed all the members of the congregation before it was over. There is always a season. You know what I mean? And the time that the word of God comes to you, that's the season. When you understand the word, that's the season. Hold on to the word and refuse to let 
God will honor you. Amen? God bless you. I, I need you to come up here. I love you, lady. Sister. I want to pray for your healing. You are a blessing to me in this church, you and your husband. Please come. And we do this before we close. We want to pray for Vi. Denise, we want to come to. I want to pray for God to release his blessings on your life. Mm. Yes, ma'am. Wow. When I was a teenager, you know, years ago, you never went to shows or dances or things like that. And I went to my... The King's Kid, Charles.